This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 362, recorded, what day? Someday, March 1st, 2018. Thursday, March 1st, 2018. Still Thursday, is it? Still, still going, yeah, for a few oh, more hours. Oh man, it feels like it should be next Tuesday. Well, I know you've had a busy work day today, so we're going to try to bang this out quick so you can get back to work, which upsets me a little bit. I'm going to talk real fast. <laughs> okay. It's, it upsets me that you have to get back to work later tonight. No, me too. Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as we're on the same page there. I'm crying inside. Well, I hope not too badly. Anyways, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is our feedback show for the mid-season premiere of The Walking Dead Season 8. And as we like to do, I first want to mention the ratings for the most recent episode. Um, If you recall, or uh, if we go back to Season 8, Episode 8, the last one before the break, they had 7.9 million viewers on that one. Right. The mid-season premiere, Episode 9, had 8.3. So up a little bit. Up a little bit. That's pretty good. But it was also the lowest ratings for the mid-season premiere ever. Of course it was. Of course. You know, it's never going to be like, awesome, everything is great. It's going to be, let's take some good and mix it in with a little bad. Sure. I mean, you got to take the good with the bad, right? That's what they taught me on the facts of life. That's for sure. (laughs) You take the good, you take the bad, take them both and there you have facts of life. Perfect. Well, we're here to talk about the facts of life, everyone. <laughs> we uh, should. You know, I watched that show a lot when I was younger. Did you know? Facts of life, um, uh, family ties, mm-hmm. uh, and a bunch of other sitcoms back in the day. Those were good days. Different strokes. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, that was, this was a spinoff. Uh, facts of life was a spinoff of different strokes. Mrs. Garrett was on different strokes and then she moved over to uh, facts of life. Oh, there you go. That's right. Yeah. They were all in the same universe. That's right. Or something like that. Anyways, uh, so the trend this season of The Walking Dead has been for the ratings to be much lower than they have been in the past. It's still the number one show on TV. It's still killing it for AMC, but we're not getting those 15, 16, 17 million episodes anymore. Now we're kind of hovering around the seven, eight, nine million. And I don't know how AMC feels about that, but they... Probably are a little concerned, but 8.3, ah. at least it went up a bit. People are watching it other ways. They don't care about these numbers. Well, that's the thing. So should we stop talking about them? No. No, okay. I mean, it's, television's very important to me. Of course. So, you know, it's nice to have actual television numbers. It's nice, It would be nice nicer if we could mix in other numbers. Like if we had stats on uh, iTunes downloads or... Uh, you know, other ways of watching it. I think uh, that would be nice. You, you think uh, um, Apple would be transparent about uh, about their numbers on downloads? Well, it couldn't hurt to ask. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're transparent, so I'm sure that they would just release those numbers. Sure. Well, you're right. I mean, uh, we we record this pretty soon after the episode airs, so I really only have access to these numbers that get released. Uh, sometimes the very next day, um, at least for bigger episodes like premieres and stuff, but a normal episode takes two or three days generally for the information to come out even. 
So there's nothing yeah. else to really add in, but uh, 8.3. They make, they make money later on too, right? Like when they get released a season to Netflix, I'm sure Netflix pays a licensing fee for that kind of thing. So they're they're making money here and there. And I'm sure there's other deals that are going on all over the place, all over the world for uh, airing these episodes. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about them making money. Don't get that wrong. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're doing okay in that regard. Yeah. All right, since we didn't do any holy craps on our recap episode on Monday, we're going to run through a few right here before we get into the feedback proper. So the meat. Into we're the gonna, meat. We're going to look at the bread now, and then we'll get into the meat. Well, you know, let's maybe think, some cheese. Let's think of it as an appetizer, maybe, and then we'll get into the main course. Oh, see, I just see everything as sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bit of bread, then there's bologna, and then there's yeah. some more bread. Yeah, you got you to have the bread. And then the margarine, it's very important, not butter, margarine, because it's got to be as unhealthy as possible. Okay. And then a uh, slice of bologna, slice of cheese, uh, a little bit of mustard, more margarine. Oh my And then gosh. another slice of white bread. That sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite sandwich. I love that sandwich. I could eat all of them all the time, every day. I challenge you. I can't you, get enough. I challenge you to have that sandwich three meals a day for a month. Oh, I'd have a heart attack. I hope not. So don't do it then. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. No, it, it's a treat. I got to I gotta save it as a treat. All righty. Well, let's uh, get into the appetizer for this episode then right now. Sure. Holy crap. Did you see that? All right. The first one comes from Jim in Delaware. Jim says, holy crap. Did you see how boring and long that episode was? Hmm. That's it. <laughs> I did see the episode. Yeah, I, I don't think it was. It was long, but I didn't find it. Boring. However, I agree. It could have been a little tighter and come in closer to the normal hour time slot. That's true. But hey, they're gonna. You they're think, gonna... They'll, think they'll ever do a shortened episode just to uh, to fuck with us? You know, they do you know longer length episodes in order to sell mark. You know, sell the episode as hey, this is an extra extra large episode. You think I'll ever do like a, a half hour episode and go and say this one's quick? Quick and dirty, quick and dirty. Quick and dirty. Uh, no, because they love these longer ones because I'm sure their advertising rates go up during The Walking Dead. So if they can throw on an hour and 20 minutes and put in two extra commercial breaks, like I said, I'm not worried about AMC making money. Right. And they seem to know how to do that really well. Uh, so if they did a, like a 30, 35 minute episode, they're basically throwing away, I'm sure in their minds, half an hour of advertising revenue. Yeah, that's true. It's... Uh... Opportunity cost, I think that's referred to. Uh, basically, it's they're not making as much money as they possibly could if they do a regular length episode. So they're, it's costing them money not to do longer ones. Yeah, and, and this all sounds a little cynical because maybe they're doing longer episodes because they really have genuinely good stories to tell and they need that extra time. It has nothing to do with advertising revenue. I, I, yeah, I can hear the sarcasm in your voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> There wasn't that much there. Come on. There was a little bit. I I could tell. I could tell there was just just a hint. It's like, no, he's not quite serious. He could be, but not really. Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) All right. We're going to alternate these, right? We are. So next we have Sally on the internet. Holy crap. Did you see how The Walking Dead just took an hour and a half to peel off a Band-Aid? No, wait. Let's show Carl getting sicker. No, wait. Let's show Rick getting sadder. No, wait. Let's show other people suffering. Hopefully with the gimp gone. We can move the show forward finally. The gimp. I, you know, I've, I don't know why it's never st- uh, struck me to call him that. Scott Gimple we're talking about here. We're not, uh, yeah. Yeah. Not Carl. 
<laughs> right? No, no, I, I don't think it so. took me a second. I'm like, what? Carl's a gimp? No, no. Scott Gimple. Yes. The gimp is Scott Gimple. Uh, he's gone. Hopefully we can move the story forward. I will have to see. I mean, we have now seven more episodes that Scott Gimple was the showrunner for, and you got to think he's going to want to go out with a bang, uh, go out on top. And these episodes that maybe that's the motivation he needed to make these final group of episodes, the best ones he's ever done. That's, that's true. But I'm worried that he will do both. And that kind of concerns me because if you're going to go out with a bang and be on top, that sounds dangerous. So, <laughs> so choose uh, one. Be careful. <laughs> one or the other. You get a bang yeah, one or, or the other. Or you get to be on top. You don't get both. Yeah. Cause yeah. That, yeah. You can't have your bang and eat it too, Gim. Sit on it too, yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay. James <laughs> in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania writes, holy crap, Morgan is savage as hell. Who didn't get a spear in the head tonight? Morgan went apeshit on everyone. He did. he did. You get a spear. You get a spear. Everyone gets a spear. And then little Henry showed up and he started spearing dudes too. Yeah. A spear for everyone. That's right. All right. Next we have Gemma, still shocked, South Wales. Mm-hmm. My holy crap moment was Carl telling Morgan that he didn't have to kill Gavin. Carol, sorry, back up. My holy crap moment was Carol telling Morgan that he didn't have to kill Gavin. When you've got Carol telling you not to kill people, it's pretty safe to say you've gone off the deep end. Right. If Carol is your not killing, is the little not killing voice that's sitting on your shoulder, you know, I think you know you're doing too much killing. Yeah. I mean, if, if it ever gets to the point where Carol has to convince somebody not to kill a child, then, uh, we're in trouble. Yeah. Like we know that there's been a huge character shift that, uh, isn't plausible if that ever happens. If Carol's doing that. If Carol's telling people, someone not to kill a child. Well, I mean, it's just, it speaks to how off the deep end, uh, Morgan has gone here, right? Like yeah. if I could see Ezekiel standing there saying, don't do it. And in fact he did, uh, so that's completely believable and within character. But Carol, you'd think she'd be back there going, let's get this over with. Yeah, start murdering people. What, what are we standing around for? Well, let's get this murdering on the road. We've got things to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cindy in Columbus, Ohio writes, I stood up and shouted in my TV room, holy fucking crap, Morgan just ripped a guy's intestines out. Yeah, it's pretty gross. It was pretty awesome. And the next one's related. Ryan on the internet, uh, holy crap, it took uh, it took Morgan a lot of guts to win his fight over the Savior. It literally took a lot of guts. Yeah, it did. Morgan <laughs> took a lot of guts. He took him right out. Took him right out and just threw him on the floor. Yeah. Gross. It was. Noob Just stank something awful. Uh, like, well, do you think people's insides stink? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. People on the outside stink. They probably, they're like tauntauns. They smell worse on the inside. Yeah. You're probably right. I, I hope to never find out really, to be honest, uh, yeah. unless it's secondhand from someone who would know, but. Someone, yeah. Someone tell me, describe it maybe, but I really, I'm really glad we didn't have smell-o-vision for this episode because that would have been bad. <laughs> that would have been bad. Yeah. In general for this show, I think you don't want, yeah. uh, you don't want the, the, uh, stenches wafting out of your TV into your face. That's true. That's true. Noop J in Dallas, I think in, he's in Dallas. Uh, he, uh, I, I seem to remember him telling me Dallas at one point, but uh, he hasn't included it recently. So I hope you're in Dallas. Anyways, well, he might've moved. He might be in different places. He might be a wanderer. Well, that's Who the, the hell knows where he is. That's true. So if that's the case, Noop J, you got to tell me where you are every week. It's, yeah. I really want to know. 
Uh, but he writes, holy crap, Walking Dead kicked me right in the feels. The opening montage of Carl doing his last things, very sad and touching. I'm angry at the writers, but sort of proud of the actors. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and I don't know if we really got into it too much on Monday, but I thought everybody's performance as an actor in this episode was really good. You know, Carl uh, Chandler Riggs, some of his best acting, I think, is in the really, really emotional scenes, like when Laurie was dying and now in this episode when he was dying. Um, in between that, he can be a little um, on and off for me. Well, I think it has to do with uh, his... This is going to sound weird, but he's also he's been going to high school during their entire production, right? So he's yep. always had to kind of uh, juggle uh, doing this and doing that and acting and all that kind of stuff and preparing for the role. I think that once, you know, he was on the chopping block and he knew that he was going to die, uh, that his commitment for this episode prior to actually filming probably went way up, mm -hmm. right? Gave him a lot more chance to prepare. Uh, he was given probably a lot more space to prepare by, uh, friends and family and teachers and various people like, okay, you got to go deal with this acting thing for a little while because this is very serious and, uh, you need time, some time to prepare. We're just going to leave you alone for a little bit. What do you need? What do you need? You need a sandwich, a bologna sandwich. I'll make you a bologna sandwich instead of, uh, fuck off, get your own goddamn sandwich. You <laughs> actor kid. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone ever says that to him, but you never know. Yeah. Well, you know, but so he, uh, I think that, uh, everybody knew the, um, that this was, uh, something to really prepare for. So they, they did. And it shows. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to screw this up Chandler this is your final hurrah on the show so let's let's get it right that's right yeah I you like know, that let that test slide you know don't take the test right now wait a little bit talk to your teacher tell him look I'm about to die on this really popular television show uh I can't write this test on that day because I got other shit to do that's okay you don't need to submit your your uh report on animal farm go and practice dying on tv yeah, Animal Farm's going to be around for a long time. You can read it whenever you want. No, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. No. It was a good book. All right, next we have uh, Sean on the internet. Holy crap, did you see how easily the saviors escaped their situation? Sorry, they're giving way too much power and plot device leverage to Negan here. Yeah, so we, I think, complained a little bit about not really finding out how they got out because we just heard that that uh, Eugene had an idea and then they kind of just did it and they didn't show us. Well, now they've sort of showed us and I think it might've been better the other way because it did feel really easy. And when something is only in your mind, you can make it as difficult or as easy as you want. But then they show it to us and we're like, oh, well, that's kind of anticlimactic. We didn't really yeah. need to see that. No, I think it was handled shittily, if Mike can use that word and maybe even create it. I'll allow uh, it. through. Through, throughout the entire, uh, situation, like the fact that they told us that he had an idea and that they wouldn't tell us what it was, was shitty. It was like, we're buying, we're, we're paying into this, uh, this bit of plot, right? Like mm -hmm. we're actually, you know, giving them our attention and paying into it. And then they built it up even more like, oh, they got out. How the hell did they do that? This must be a big deal, uh, that they they got out of this situation somehow and it would, it had to have been, uh, it was Eugene's idea. So it must've been a really smart idea and really convoluted. And he looked very upset that he had this idea, right? Don't forget that Eugene was upset by this. 
Well, not only that, but he Negan really threatened him to say, you better come yeah. up with something here or that's it. I'm going to have to release you to the zombies or whatever. And then this is it. This is the only idea he came up with. That That's it? Oh, uh, my idea is uh, let's shoot our way out. And Negan's like, hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You may now stick around. You've redeemed yourself completely. Uh, we can just shoot our way out with all these guns that we have in order to shoot zombies. It is a little bit of a letdown, slightly anticlimactic after the buildup. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, except for the little bit part. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> it is a huge letdown. It, it is significant. It is a significant letdown. They could have done this better from the beginning. All right. Well, I think that's it. I don't think we're going to get any more details on it. They've now shot their way out and we could move yeah. on. Let's just move on. Miles in San Francisco writes, holy the crap. The show pulled a fast one on us. Chandler Riggs got old on them, so they killed him off. And in the very same episode, we got a new young boy to step into playing the annoying little kid role. How long do you guys think Henry will be featured? Oh man, I didn't look at it that way. That hurts. Yeah, I never really thought that Henry would be stepping into that role. I'd be surprised if Henry became a big important character, to be honest with you. I really think that the show is going to focus somehow on Judith now as Rick's remaining offspring. Uh, she's a little bit young in the current time, but I would not be surprised if there was some kind of time jump after season eight and Judith is older and becomes a more important character on the show. Yeah. Henry, I, if, if he survives at all, I think he'll forever be kind of a background character. I hope so. I hope it's not the fact that, you know, Chandler Riggs, you got too old. We need a new young kid to step in because we've seen that happen before. Right. We saw uh -huh. that happen on Scooby-Doo. They brought in Scrappy. You know, that was a, that was a big deal. Scooby got too old. So they brought in Scrappy. Scooby got too old. And then all the kids on the Cosby show got too old. So they brought in that other little girl to be the precocious little child. Uh -huh. And they did that too on Webster. I think there was another, uh, there was another kid they brought in on Webster. When they do that, that's a kiss of death of a show. So let's hope they yeah. aren't doing it here. Yeah. And I'm just glossing right over the Bill Cosby thing. So we're just not going to deal with that. We're mm -hmm. just going to look at the show itself and how they dealt with it and how that show ended. Uh, so if they're, if they're replacing a character with a younger one to be, uh, just because that's the way they need a young boy in there to, uh, to play the annoying little kid, as, uh, as Miles says, then, uh, it's another jump in the shark thing. Well, I don't think that's why I don't think they're doing it. I think they know they can't just, Carl is such an important, massive character in this story. I don't think there's any way that the writers would be like, yeah, people just accept it if we kill off Carl and replace him with Henry. Like who the hell is Henry? Uh, so I, I yeah. don't think they would have the balls to do that. I think though they might make Judith a more important character. And frankly, I'd be more okay with that. She's still a blood relative of Rick, our main character. She's been there the whole time, just kind of in the background. And if- Well, I don't know. She just showed up in uh, season two or season three, actually. Yeah, she just appeared. She wasn't there the whole time. No, but come on. She's well, been wait, there Well, wait, time. wait, wait. Lori was pregnant the whole time. So she was there. Lori, yeah, got pregnant in season one. Cause well, before season one. I assume, because once they found Rick, I'm sure that uh, Shane didn't bang her after that. <laughs> no, that's probably <laughs> true. I don't know. I mean, maybe there was something going on, but uh, no. Anyways, 
Judith's been around for a long time. She has, okay. And I actually think I kind of like the idea that they're going to, if Judith becomes an important character, if if she ends up with some of the the plot that would have been Carl's had he survived, they're kind of gender swapping it, which might be really interesting. And frankly, a way to separate the show from the comic a little bit. And but still like be that. a bit of the comic if they're giving her the stuff that happens in the comic normally with Carl. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. And and I and and I don't buy it if it's going to be Henry because he's just this kid that has been hanging around it and and he doesn't mean anything to me, right? Carl means a lot to me. Judith does too, maybe to a lesser extent, but I would be I'd be able to accept her as as an important character on the show in the future. Right. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, my turn, right? Uh, nope. It's me, Jennifer in Minneapolis. Mini, Minneapolis. No, Minneapolis. <laughs> it's been a long day. Jennifer writes, holy crap. Did you see the callback to season four when Carl shared Michonne's favorite candy bar, Big Cat, with Sadiq? Uh, I cried real tears, man. Real tears. Well, that's exciting. Some, if, if a show can make you cry real tears, uh, it did get, like, I didn't, I didn't actually shed any tears watching this episode but you know i i felt it a little bit when carl was dying there um and and that is a is a cool callback you know the the uh candy bar as they say down in the states we would call it a chocolate bar up here we do we would call it a chocolate bar we don't necessarily consider chocolate bars candy no and even even um candy bars that don't have a lot of chocolate in them we call them chocolate bars like what well uh I don't know. Um, what's a, what's a, um, what's that, um, one with the yellow spongy stuff in the middle? Crunch, yellow crunchy, stuff. crunch, crunchy or something like that. Is like, it coffee crisp? No, not coffee crisp. I think it's called crunchy or something. I haven't had one in a long time, but, um, it's, uh, it's not really that much chocolate, but it is, uh, we still call it a chocolate bar. Yeah, right? we do call it a chocolate bar. Anyways. That's, and when, yeah, if you're going to go to the store and get candy. That generally excludes chocolate bars. I'm going to go get some chocolate bars and candy and some chips. Right. And some pop. (laughs) Yes. There's another uh, word we could, we could analyze. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Anyways, thank you, Jennifer, for that. Steve on the internet writes, holy crap, they killed off the one guy in Negan's crew who actually had a soul. And tonight we learned even a tween can easily stab a grown man through the neck with a stick. Henry. He had to stab pretty uply, upwardness. Um, he, yes. had to, he had to stab up, but I don't think that stick came out of his neck at an upward angle. No, it would have come out of his mouth if it was that up. So he must have lifted it straight above his head and then rammed it straight forward. Or Gavin was kneeling. Did Gavin kneel down? Uh, I don't think Gavin was kneeling, but yeah. I'd have to go back and check the tape. I don't think he I, was. I question the forensics of this now. Maybe like it- if we had to like you know, analyze the, uh, the crime scene after this. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at angles here and I don't, uh, I don't buy it that this little kid did this. It wasn't even Henry. No, it must've been somebody else. Well, he was the one standing there. So, well, they did a swap. I mean, Henry's, you know, probably a pretty good illusionist by now. He learns the stick and the gun and the top hat. And the magic. <laughs> <laughs> the magic. Yeah. Well, yeah, the angle doesn't really work, but. It was Yeah, I never thought of that before. No, no, neither did I. All right, next we have Corey in Toronto. Holy crap, is Rick dying in that last scene? 
His blood is on his torso in the same place as Carl's walker bite, as well as blood all over his hand. So the reason I wanted to include this one, because we did sort of talk about this a lot. Well, we actually talked about it a lot, but is it significant to you or to anybody that Rick's wound, in fact, seems like it's in the same place as Carl's? And I don't mean significant like, uh, well, in any other way than it's just, it's kind of a congruous story plot point, right? It's like son dies by bite to abdomen, father dies the same way X number of months or years later. Right. It's sort of poetic. I don't think it's a bite. No? I don't think it's a bite. I think it's a, it's a gunshot, uh, that he got hit with. I don't know why. Uh, but I guess this raises the point of, is it, sorry, is it a self-inflicted wound that he did in response to his grief of his son dying? Like, did he, you know, take out his pocket knife and just kind of carve out, maybe he's, uh, trying to give himself, uh, like a scar, what do you call those scar tattoos where you, you scar yourself and, uh, in a shape of something, maybe he carved Carl's name in that spot because that's where Carl was bitten. And now he's bleeding and he's got his hand up and he's not actually dying. He's just over, overcome with grief. Well, I never really thought of that, but yes, it's possible, I guess. Yeah. I don't think it's likely, but I guess that's a possibility. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like there's a, there's a lot of assuming going on around the internet and around the world right now that, that Rick in that scene is bit, which means he's done for, but you're right. There's no reason to believe that that isn't just a regular stab wound or a gunshot wound. And sure, he's not in great shape and not too many people come back from a serious injury like that in this world, but he's not bit, which doesn't, so he's not guaranteed to be dying in that scene. Yeah. If he's, if he's shot or has a hole in his, uh, his stomach there or his abdomen, he's got to hide that from uh, Morgan because Morgan will pull out his guts. Like, yeah. You've seen that happen before. If Morgan's mad, he's going to reach into that hole and start pulling shit out. And that's not good. That is not good. Don't let Morgan anywhere near you. Yeah. Don't let him near that. If you've got a hole in your stomach. That's my advice. All right. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping there is some resolution to this Rick scene in season eight, but I don't know a hundred percent that we're going to get that. I think it might extend longer. It could be. So. I don't, I don't like it when they, uh, when they. Uh, forecast stuff. What do you call that? Uh, foreshadow stuff uh, way too far into the future because anything could happen between now and then, right? Of course. Like they could cancel the show and then they're like, what the fuck was that scene all about? And we'll never know. Right. I have to write an article or do an AMA on Reddit or something just to explain what the hell. Or, you know, God forbid, what happens if Andrew Lincoln dies? You know? Oh my God, let's hope that doesn't happen. Well, you know, it's not nice when anybody dies, but you know, if they, if it's, this is supposed to be three seasons in the future or X number of seasons in the future, they don't even know, then holy shit, they're taking a gamble with people's lives or contracts even. What if Rick goes, fuck, or Andrew Lincoln goes, fuck this shit. I'm going to do a movie. Uh, I, I'm replacing uh, Paul Rudd for Ant-Man, right? <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so maybe they're doing like a, a, an Ant-Man television series and he gets uh, cast for it. And, uh, you know, Paul Rudd is going to hand the reins over to, uh, to Andrew Lincoln for the Ant-Man television show. Like who wouldn't do that? So, you know, contracts get screwed and then we're, uh, we're stuck with this scene that doesn't mean anything. Well, I, 
all I can say is I hope that doesn't happen. And I hope Andrew Lincoln stays with us until he is no longer necessary on the show. Yeah. Then do Ant-Man. Then do Ant-Man. Exactly. Yeah, that's fine. But then if you're going to do Ant-Man, Andrew Lincoln, uh, put it in your contract that uh, uh, Ant-Man, the uh, the shrinking and the, and the growing has to make sense instead of the friggin' crap that they're doing with Paul Rudd. I understand. You really don't like the Ant-Man. It just their their own consi- their own logic that's not consistent, right? Right. If he f- shrinks and falls on the tiles in the bathroom and cracks the tile because he's still got the same weight but only a little bit smaller, how can he run down the friggin' top of a gun that somebody's aiming? They need internally consistent physics, is what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. And then Ant Man's uh, progenitor there, I forget his name, uh, the character or the actor, right? <laughs> Anyway, he carried around a fucking tank in his pocket for 30 years. Uh, and if that's the same de- the same weight as an actual tank, man, that guy's strong. Yeah, he must be the Hulk. Yeah. So just make it make sense. At least friggin' Iron Man sort of makes sense. And Captain America it makes sense. Internally, the logic makes sense. I'm sorry that I went off on an Ant-Man tangent. I just, I'm worried that we're going to have this scene orphaned. Because uh, Andrew Lincoln's going to go do Ant-Man. You think that'll be a, a rumor now? That'd be cool. Andrew Let's make Lincoln. it a rumor. Sure. Somebody tweet that. <laughs> Andrew Lincoln doing Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Lincoln. He's, you know, he's on deck for doing Ant-Man. In line. television show. Before we move on to the actual listener feedback, maybe we should address something that has been in the news a little bit lately. And um, that is that Lauren Cohan is still without a contract for The Walking Dead Season 9. And it was reported in the last week and a half or so that she has accepted a leading role on another show. Um, Now, I don't believe it's a show that has been picked up yet, but she's definitely doing the pilot. And you got to think there's, she thinks there's a good chance it will be picked up. But this seems to be a similar situation with um, Sonequa Martin-Green when she got Star Trek and we all know how many more scenes she's going to have on The Walking Dead. So right. I wonder if Lauren Cohan is, uh, deci- has decided to move on. Hmm. Maybe she's doing Ant-Man. <laughs> well, she's the Wasp, right? Or Wasp. Well, well they want to keep them... Ant- Let's see, I'm trying to think of a good name for this. I can't do Ant-Woman because they want to keep the name Ant-Man. So no, 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 maybe the- Ant-Man the Woman. No. Well, clearly you are not, you, you understand Ant-Man, but you're not up to date because the Ant-Man 2 is called Ant-Man and the Wasp. Well, I don't want to change, I don't want a different character. I want, I want a, a female Ant-Man. All right. Well, but I don't want to call her Ant-Woman or, and, and she's not the Wasp because that's a different character. Okay, fine. You just want, you just want Ant-Man, female Ant-Man. Ant-Man, the, Ant-Man, the woman. Ant-Person. Ant-Person. Ant- <laughs> well, see, that's, that's, that's screwing with the, with the brand. You got to have Ant-Man in there. But then make it a woman somehow. I don't know how to do it, but you know, obviously Lauren Cohan has got it figured out because I assume that's what she's doing. She's going on to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, you have to gender neutralize everything, Jason. I mean, if your name was Guy Manson, you'd become person, person, person. That's a good name. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> that's not my original joke, everyone. I, <laughs> I, I don't remember where I got it, but I did. I thought it was pronounced Guy. Guy. Well, Guy, Guy Manson, person, person, person. Well, I, I met a woman named Guy. Did you? I did. I swear to God. Her name was Guy. Well, that's what she called herself anyway. All right. Well. I'm pretty sure she was gay though, so I'm not sure <laughs> what, if she just kind of played on the word gay and changed it to Guy. 
I'm pretty sure that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it's, anyway. How about we do listener feedback now? She was nice. <laughs> I'm sure she was. <laughs> listener feedback. Dan in Columbus, Ohio writes, You were discussing whether or not The Walking Dead is signaling the end of Rick. I don't think Rick can be killed if the show will continue on. In the past, I would have thought maybe Daryl or Michonne could have carried it, but I no longer think that with the way their character arcs have been. Instead, Rick losing someone else he's close to seems like a way to keep pushing the story forward. So Rick lost yep. Carl. Rick's going to lose Michonne. That would be devastating. That would be devastating. And on two fronts. I mean, it would be devastating for Rick and it would be just devastating to the viewers to lose Michonne because, man, she's a cool character and uh, I don't want to see her get killed off. But now I figure everything's on the table. If they're willing to kill Carl, they could kill anybody. Uh, they could. But I think if they kill off uh, Daryl or Rick or Michonne. Uh, show's over? Uh, the show's over. Like they're, they're just going to end this show and do spinoffs, right? Because they've already established spinoffs. We've talked about this before. I think they could get away with having this show end, but have the uh, ha have the the universe continue on. Oh, just I, start another show. Like I, even with some of the characters, have Carol and uh, uh, I don't even know who. <laughs> Carol, Carol and Henry. Yeah, Carol and Henry uh, do another show. Go on to another show. But I think that uh, if they, I think it would be a huge mistake to kill Rick and continue this show. Yeah, I, I, I don't fully agree with that, but I think it would be difficult. Uh, and if they're going to kill Rick, yeah, you're right. It would be tough, but I don't think impossible. They could kill Maggie. We were just talking about that. I think they could get away with Maggie leaving the show. Absolutely. I think so too. Um, I, again, I wouldn't like to see it. And that's, there's, a, there's this dichotomy here, right? You don't want characters to be unkillable because it's not realistic, but you also feel attached to these people. So you don't want them to leave the show because it's sad and it's kind of a bummer. So I don't know how to feel. I just have to take it as it comes, I think. Yeah, that's right? true. Because what else can you do? What can you do? All right. Next we have uh, Benita in Toon Gabby, Sydney, Australia. Old, Toon? old Toon Gabby. Old Toon Gabby, not the new one. Toon, old Toon Gabby. Yeah. Sydney, Australia. Uh, Benita writes, as the very first episode of season eight had the first dream sequence with an older Judith, it would make sense to have an ultimate arc showing the death of Rick Grimes at the end of this season. At first, I agreed with Jason and thought that this would be a good time to put an end to this Walking Dead series. However, Chris made a very compelling idea that the series could come back stronger in season nine with a fresh start. Perhaps they should take a year or two long hiatus like Westworld, Fargo, and Star Trek Discovery. Uh, they're still important. There are still important stories to tell in the Walking Dead world. They just need to decide who is uh, going to be left to tell them. Right. So I wonder if a, if a longer break between seasons is something they would um, that would help sort of the reboot of a show after the death of the main character. Um, the other example, of course, is Game of Thrones. They are notorious for taking long breaks in between oh, seasons. Oh, they've done it. You know, HBO does it all the time, right? They did it with, uh, uh, they did it with Sopranos. I mean, they did it with uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. They did wait, it with wait, not a uh, not an HBO, not an show. HBO show, but, but yeah. uh, 
Yeah, I mean, they've done it before. I guess the most upsetting thing about this email for me is Westworld and Fargo are taking an extended hiatus. Well, I don't think Westworld comes back and it's already been off the, sh- the air for nearly a year and I don't think it comes back until later this year at the earliest. Oh, man, you see, that makes me... S- and Fargo, Star Trek Discovery I haven't watched yet, so I don't give a shit, but I like Westworld and Fargo and why the hell are you making me wait? Friggin' put it on the air, you jerks. Yeah, well, that's how I feel too. I would love to see new Westworld and Fargo. Honestly, though, I didn't think Fargo season three was as top notch as season one and two. So I'm a little. It was still pretty good, though. Yeah, I'm a little down on that show, Come though. Come on, so. you and McGregor playing twins? It, how can you not love that? I did at first, but then it, it sort of, the novelty wore off, I think. So, anyways, the point is long breaks. Um, if The Walking Dead did that, and they did it because Rick was killed at the end of season eight. And then let's say season nine didn't start again until uh, instead of next fall, it was like the following spring. I know it's a long time to wait and I don't want to advocate that kind of thing because we want our walking dead, but maybe it would soften the blow a bit and it would feel really like a fresh start when it came back. So why not a new show then? Like why come back with this show with, you know, that significant of a, uh, of a cast change. Well, you could almost consider it a new show, right? It, it's like Walking Dead 2, Walking Dead 2.0. <laughs> don't some call the, it that. Some, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give them any ideas. <laughs> yeah. uh, it'll be, we have walk, The Walking Dead, we have Fear the Walking Dead. It'll be, you know, Dance of the Walking Dead. I don't know. The Walking Deader. Yeah, the, the more Walking Dead. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, it's not a... It's not a crazy idea. I just don't think they'll ever do it. Yeah, I don't think so either. I and yeah, I don't think they should. I guess uh, that's no. where the draw, draw, the deciding line is for me. Is uh, I don't think they would do it, and I don't think they should do it. Yeah, fair enough. You're probably right. All right. Next is Christian in Spokane. During the break, I rewatched season eight and re-listened to your show. Thank you, Christian. I noticed that the feedback about the TV show became more negative each week. In light. Of that, I want to praise the show for last night's episode. They finally got things right. We got a moving resolution to Carl's story and great performances all around. For all the grief the writers have gotten lately, I believe that having the flash-forward scenes be Carl's visions for the future was a fantastic idea. Now I really want to see how we get there, and that's what good writing does. I find it hard to nitpick this episode. I don't. Yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> but I don't find it hard to nitpick anything. <laughs> you're you're a nitpicker. I, yeah. I am a nitpicker. Um okay, well thanks, Kristen. That was that was nice to say that the you know, you have praise for the episode. And I agree with you that the uh that the actors got it right and that the uh the writers were a, a huge contributing factor to that. Um so and the flash forward scenes were nice, but I don't think we're ever gonna get there because they're uh dead guy fantasies, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Now that that's being revealed, I don't think we're ever really going to get there. We might get to a version of that, but it's not going to be exactly that. And Uh, Eugene better not be there. Fuck. (laughs) Eugene is all Negan all the time. There's no coming back I could even believe, I could even live with Negan himself being there more than I want Eugene to be there. Well, Eugene was one of us and then he became one of them. And you can't become one of us again. Negan, he's he's Negan, so he can become one of us. 
Oh, he, that's right. He couldn't become one of us and then go back to being Negan. That you can't work. double flip. You can only flip the ones. I think that's. I think you're right. That's the problem I'm having. Exactly. There's no double flipping. You you flip once and then you're stuck with your choice. Yeah. Personally, I would never limit myself that way. But as a, you know, talking about a show, I'm going to limit them. Sure. Jason can nitpick and flip flop all over the place. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I can. I I reserve the right the right to flip-flop as much as humanly possible. Like a, you know, fish on a dock that's run out of air. That's right. Okay. You know, docks run out of air. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, consistency is the refuge of the weak-minded. Mm. That's, you know, my motto. It, it certainly applies. For, for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, what the hell's going on here? Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey, but currently on vacation near the Poconos. Oh, Matt. Have I don't. A- have a good time out there. I don't know where the Poconos are. They are a mountain range in uh, New Jersey. Geography. <laughs> I don't, actually, yeah, they're a mountain range inland to the west of New Jersey. I don't know if they're still in New Jersey, though. What, they move? Well, Jesus, just read the email. <laughs> okay. Matt writes, I really enjoyed the episode, which isn't surprising because they generally handle big deaths well. The writers did a good job and Chandler Riggs knocked it out of the park. The opening uh, of Carl enjoying his last day on earth was very heartwarming. It was nice to see uh, how he chose to deal with the inevitable. Uh, The first season or two, I thought Chandler was more annoying than good, kid actors being hit or miss, but as he's grown, I think he's become a very good actor. Uh, A lot of the best moments involved his interactions with other characters, like passing the hat to Judith, telling Michonne that she's Carl's best friend, uh, telling Michonne and Rick that he loves them, and Sadiq goodbye to Carl were all very nice. Uh, I could have used a little more from the rest of the tunnel people. Daryl gave some nice praise, but that was it. I felt like Jim got a better uh, group goodbye in season one. Then I realized that half of the longest-run show characters, Carol, Maggie, and Morgan, were not in Alexandria. Uh, Pennsylvania. The Poconos are in Pennsylvania. Nice. Thanks. You just pulled it out of your memory, of course, and didn't look it up on the internet. No, 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 no. Of course, I pull it out of my memory. That's how my brain works. Uh, Yeah, Carl did a great job. um, And I think that's an interesting point, that his best work is some of the interactions with the other characters. Now, you could argue that that's all TV is, right? It's people interacting with each other to tell a story. And things. And they interact with things. I suppose they interact with things and animals and, you know, bushes occasionally. But, uh, it, you know, it's the big moments. Carl tends to, or Chandler Riggs shines in the big moments, I think. And this was a episode full of big moments as he was saying goodbye and, and this and that. So he did a really, really great job. Um, everyone else in the in the sewer there? Yeah. I mean, they were sort of just hanging around, but... Think about how awful it would have been if we went through each character as they came to Carl and said their goodbyes. It's, you just can't have that. It would have turned a moving, heartwarming episode into a grocery list. A tedious grocery list, yeah. Yeah, with no, uh, you know, no real connection between any of the items on the list. Net food, bread. (laughs) Ice cream. Chicken. Limes. I can't remember the last time I bought a lime. What, what's wrong with you? I buy limes almost every time I go shopping. They're really, I'm, I'm, we have lime juice, but I don't think I've ever, it's been a long time. What the hell do you use a lime for? I don't know. Apparently we use them a lot though. 
Easy well, mint. I need to make some ice we gotta water. We got to have a conversation about this because I haven't had the occasion to use a lime other than I can't even think of anything. I can't. Well, uh, I do. With later. Okay. We're sorry. I don't need to derail things here, but shit, we got to have a lime conversation. Maybe, uh, uh, an after hours thing. You got to drink more Moscow mules, my friend. Yeah. That doesn't sound good at all. Next. Um, I lost our place. Damn it. Next is Justine. Yes. In NorCal. Justine says the supposedly moving goodbye episode to Carl had me bored silly. I was honestly shocked and terrified when I thought Glenn was getting eaten and quite shocked and sad when Dr. Ne- Denise got an arrow in the eye. But the only thing I thought as Carl was lying there dying was how the bandage on his eye wasn't properly secured and how much I won't miss his stupid long hair. <laughs> so, well, what do you mean it wasn't secured? Like it was flopping open and you could see his eye hole? Well, I didn't see any eye hole, but maybe, yeah, maybe it was just taped at the top and that was it. I think the best eye patch ever to show up on television, and there's been some pretty good eye patches, was uh, General Kang, I think it was, in, uh, uh, no country for, no, uh, you're not thinking of of the Star Trek, it was a Star Trek movie, um, where General Kang had uh, an eye patch bolted to his head. Oh, I thought, awesome. I thought you were talking about Kang and Kodos from Simpsons. No, but those guys are awesome too. <laughs> They're awesome too. Yeah. Uh, you're right. No, General Kang. Yeah, you're right. Or Chang? Chang Chang? Or Chang? I don't know. General Chang. I see a picture of a guy with an eye patch bolted to his head. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. He's a Klingon and, uh, I want to say no country for old men, but I, that's not a Star Trek movie. Definitely not. <laughs> anyway. Well. But I think that was the best eye patch. So, you know, that makes me think that if Carl's eye patch is coming off. What are they going to do? Staple it to his head? You know, well, uh, no, they have to tape it on properly. But I wanted to address the fact that Justine mentioned Dr. Denise getting the arrow in the eye. That was one of the best deaths on the show, in my opinion, because it came out of freaking nowhere. Yeah. Came out of nowhere and she kept talking. She was, was awesome. Yeah. She was standing there talking. Suddenly there was a bolt through her head and she said another line before she fell down, but nobody saw it coming. They didn't really... I mean, if memory serves, they didn't telegraph it at all on the show. It just came out of nowhere and everyone was shocked and super depressed, super saddened by it because it was sad and everyone liked Dr. Denise. Um, and, and so I'm not saying they could do that with Carl, right? They can't just, Carl's like alive one second and then is, is blown up the, the next second. That would be bizarre, but the odd unexpected death would, could do the show good. Yeah. It, it does, it, it does good. I like uh, the odd unexpected death. Look at Arst. Right. And, uh, Lost. That was awesome. So let me ask you a question. Which, who's the like mainest or biggest character on the show that you think, Jason, they could get away with doing that kind of unexpected death on? Maggie. Really? Maggie's- I think they could do that with Maggie. Like- Well, they're not going to have her long, prolonged, uh, a long- a prolonged death for Maggie, I think would be too hard because of her unborn child. I think that if they're going to kill her off, they have to do it in a quick, uh, unexpected way that will have ramifications. Like it's going to send somebody into a rage and they're going to, maybe it would, uh, I, I don't know how they would do it, but if the death of Maggie turned Simon into a good guy, that would be magic. 
in my in my opinion. Well, you're. It sounds like you're writing stories in your head here for uh, your your favorite character. But see, I was gonna say like a Rosita or a Terra, like those like important and main characters. But you have to admit they're a notch down from Maggie and. Well, they can't uh, do Terra because of uh, Doctor Denise. It's too similar. Well, I agree with you, but I'm just talking about like character importance level. She's right. at the same to me. She's sort of at the same level as Rosita. Um, and you know, they could do it with any of, um, any of Negan's guys. In fact, they sort of did this episode with Gavin. They did. I don't know if they could do that. Well, they could do it with Simon. I don't think they would do it for Eugene, who is technically one of Negan's guys. You know what? Eugene, I feel like is, is probably the right answer here. Eugene is, a he's a big character, but if they did a sudden death with no preamble towards it, um, and no, and not drawing it out. I feel like Eugene might be the biggest character on the show that they could get away with that. And I welcome it, frankly. Not not him specifically, but I welcome the idea of doing that. I think yeah, it's not a terrible could, idea. See if they could do it. So. I don't know. I think they could get away with Maggie. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maggie is up there with me on the level of Michonne and pretty much Rick. So they could do oh, it with Aaron for sure. They could do it with Enid. Aaron's still alive. <laughs> yeah, him and Enid are together. That's why they came to my mind at the same time. <laughs> I know. So, all right, move on to the next one. All right, next we have an email from Tom in Yorkshire, UK. Carl's death is arguably the biggest, most significant death so far in The Walking Dead. This is a character so essential to both the show and the comic that nobody outside of The Walking Dead team could have possibly could possibly have seen it coming. And whilst it was already blunted somewhere by the long break between episodes, this death should have meant something. Somewhat. Blunted somewhat. Somewhat. I can't read. No, reading's hard. <laughs> While the writing has been patchy for some time now, they really did a good job with Carl's goodbye scene in the church. Andrew Lincoln and Denai Guerrero were sublime as always, and Chandler Riggs seemingly saved a lot of his best work for this final episode, his final episode. All of this is what made the choice of editing so frustrating. Really? You're going to intercut the final good the goodbye between two main characters with a very tonally different scene in which the main dramatic tension lies on the fate of Gavin with only a thin thematic thread to connecting the two? Really? The kingdom scene is a footnote in this season, whereas Carl's goodbye should be amongst the most important moments in the series as a whole. I'm sorry, but this is a colossal fuck-up. It makes me think that they didn't believe their audience could make it through a long dramatic scene without also having Morgan pointing his death touch stick at someone. Am I the only one who finds this to be a little frustrating or a little insulting? No, I agree with Tom. I don't, I don't think those two scenes benefited from cutting back and forth. In fact, I think it hurt the Carl finale or the Carl death scene. The other one, you know, whatever, I could take it or leave it. It wasn't as important a scene as Tom says. I think they should have just stuck with the Carl stuff and somehow found another way to give us that other storyline. Or, you know, maybe that other storyline could have ended up in another episode and we had a nice normal length episode uh, this week here. So I agree. I don't think that editing really worked. I said it on Monday and um, I kind of have doubled down now that Tom wrote it this way, because I do think Carl's death is one of the most important, significant things to happen in eight seasons, you know, and we can't yeah. just gloss over it. True. 
Uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, Shane and Dar- uh, Dale were very important. Well, they're they're definitely important, uh, but Carl, I think even even more so. And frankly, they didn't gloss over Shane's death. They didn't gloss over Dale's death. Those deaths had weight to them. So did Carl's. It they did it pretty well. But I just don't think they should have cut away to something that was so much below the Carl stuff. You know, it was just that much less important. And, and you know, I, I don't know why. I don't know why they did that. Maybe as Tom says, they didn't think that the audience could sit through all of that emotional Carl stuff all at once. Uh, but I think they need to give us more credit because I think most people could handle it. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, Michael in London writes, I don't like what they are doing with Morgan and feel they are making him betray his values. We know he's leaving the main show and could this be leading towards a showdown with between Rick and Morgan? Rick swore to Carl he'd create a utopia and Morgan at the moment will not be welcome there the way he has been recently. Also, the shootout in the theater was a bit silly where one minute we have skilled marksmen and the next, they couldn't hit a cow's bum with a banjo. <laughs> if that's not a saying, we should make it one. It's a Hitting saying. a cow's bum with a banjo? Yeah, I looked it up, and it's typically uh, cow's arse with a banjo. It just nice. means uh, bad marksmanship. <laughs> well, yeah. So. I mean, you shouldn't hit a, anything with a banjo, because banjos are awesome. They are. Uh, and oh, yeah, anyway, I think that's an awesome saying, but- uh, so the two points here are maybe we're having a, uh, you know, leading up to a showdown between uh, Morgan and Rick, which would be sad because and they were so important to each other in the first couple of seasons. Yeah. And we only saw Morgan in the first season, second episode, or was it the first episode? It was just the first one. It right? was a pilot. Yeah. He was in the, pi- he was in the first one. Yeah. But then mentally he was important to Rick for a long time. Absolutely. So uh, having them be at odds with each other and having a showdown where they're yelling at each other and somebody gets a stick to the face, that'd be bad. Right. And then Morgan is cast out and he decides to, instead of hang around nearby and do his own thing, he decides to head West and he meets up with Madison and everybody down in fear. Right. So maybe Morgan will bash Rick on the head, knocking him senseless, or maybe Rick will, uh, you know, take the Python to him. And uh, shoot him in the leg, so make him make him limp. Maybe Morgan jabs him in the abdomen and with his stick and leaves him sitting against a tree. That's true. And yeah. then Rick shoots him while he's leaving because, damn it, he has a gun. Right. <laughs> and Morgan <laughs> keeps bringing a stick to a gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> and then Morgan dies and doesn't go on the extra show. Or maybe he, you know, uh, I don't know what would happen. Deflects it with his magic stick? Can you deflect a bullet with that stick, do you think? Like a, not a samurai, what do you call him? Jedi. Uh, I don't know. There's only one way to find out. I think there's three ways to find out. Okay. One, but, of, one of them uh, is have Rick try to shoot him. Anyways, we're, we're getting on, we're getting a little nuts here, but, uh, a showdown between Morgan and Rick causing Morgan to leave. sounds pretty plausible to me. It does. But I hope they don't do that. Cause I like the Rick and Morgan being friends. Yeah, I do too. I don't want to see them part not as friends. I want to see them part as friends and be a, a tearful goodbye. I'm sorry you're leaving. Uh, I'll miss you and these sticks of yours. Uh, yeah, I'm going to miss your Python. <laughs> Damn it. Halfway through that sentence, I knew I shouldn't, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss your Python, man. <laughs> well, you're right. I'd like to see a happy goodbye, not a, not a, um, I don't know, confrontational goodbye. Yeah. 
it's going to happen in the next eight or uh, seven episodes. Or maybe they'll all flip-flop and uh, Rick will want to kill everybody and Morgan will be back to uh, not killing anybody whatsoever. I mean, they're fucking flip-flopping their goddamn ideas all over the place anyway. Well, Might as well do that. With Morgan, it's true. You never know. We'll see. Maybe he'll have to leave because he's so <laughs> he's so offended by Rick's propensity to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, that'd be ironical. Let's hope that doesn't happen. All right, next. That's you, isn't it? Uh, nope, it's you. Oh, right. Well, Happy Jack, Victoria, BC. Jack, that is happy, writes, I feel like Carl's death is a fake out. Did Rick just wake up from a dream on top of a hillside that we've never seen in Alexandria? Is Carl having a dream within a dream, maybe? Perhaps after meeting Sadiq at the gas station? Maybe dreaming of Carl, biting it, get it, will cause Rick to give a shit about not killing everyone. Well, dream within a dream, Carl, or Rick having a... Rick being injured and having a hallucination that his son is dead, man, that's not going to make me happy if that's what they're doing. Okay. If they're faking us out about Carl's death and he actually, you know, had this tearful goodbye and uh, Chandler Riggs's father weighed into the whole thing. If that's, if this is all a fake out, I'm rage quitting the internet. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm done with the internet at that point. I'm not just done with the show. I'm done with the internet. Well, that is quite the statement. So... Jason is going to cancel his internet connection if if this Can is you a imagine? fake out. Oh my god! <laughs> I'd probably rather shut off the water. Yeah, <laughs> you'd make the news. Man cancels internet due to Walking Dead disappointment. <laughs> Would make the news. I'd re- yeah, I'd rather have to go out into the, the friggin' street and put out rain buckets to in order to flush my toilets rather than cut the internet. <laughs> Some things are just too important. <laughs> yeah. Notice that toilets are still up there. It's just how I flush them. That's the problem. Of course. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, you need toilets. Um, anyways, uh, I, I just can't believe that Carl's death is a fake out. They, they would not do that to us. I don't think. No, 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 no. Uh, next up is Dave and Markham. Dave writes, why didn't Morgan just shoot the saviors in the window before the others came out of the building? I thought that is what him and the others remaining with him there were there to do. So when Morgan is, is, is in the window across the street from the saviors from the sanctuary, yeah. uh, why doesn't he just start shooting them when they appear in the window to shoot the zombies? Uh, for the same reason that nobody shoots Negan. No, I think it's inexplicable. No, I think it's because they, Morgan and whoever else was there on the, on the walkie with him, I think they didn't realize that the saviors knew they were there. Their job was to keep an eye on the place. It wasn't to kill anybody or attack anybody. So they were just there looking and watching and letting, I guess, the rest of the team know what happened, mostly if if the saviors escaped. So if he starts shooting as soon as someone comes into a window, well, then that gives away his position and, and gives away the fact that he's there. So I don't think his job was there to kill anyone. It was just to watch. Okay. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. You're at home. It's summer. You're out in your yard. You're mowing the lawn. You're uh, blowing the leaves off your driveway. I don't know what you do in the summer. Uh, But let's say there's a guy in the house across the street and the window's open and he's got a rifle pointing out the window. (laughs) Are you going to notice him eventually? I'm going to call the police. Well, yeah, that's what you do when you notice him. But I think that at some point over the three days that he's there observing you through... Uh, a rifle scope that's attached to an actual actual rifle that you're going to notice. 
Probably eventually. He's only a hundred feet away, two hundred feet away from the uh, from the compound, right in this you know magical building that they didn't have uh, uh, guarded or you know patrolled at least. Uh, they're going to know he's there. So the, I think the fact that uh, it, they were supposed to be there to observe uh, without being noticed is ludicrous. Right, and so you're saying that it's not insane that they would notice them eventually and so they just know they're there and that's part of their part of the savior's plan coming out shoot at the people that are watching us yeah and if you're if you're going to observe somebody don't stick a rifle out a window what the fuck like take a pair of field glasses and look through the glass like that's Mm -hmm. you know windows are see-through that's what, why they're see-through so you can see through them right so don't open the window and stick a rifle out and go i'm just looking I guess a pair of binoculars would make more sense. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so basically if somebody, if you're there, Morgan, and you're standing in a window and you've got a rifle out the window and looking through a scope, if something happens that you can see, shoot at it. Cause that's why you're there. It, at least, uh, maybe not the first time, but maybe after a few days start Start picking guys off. Yeah. So the fact that he didn't shoot doesn't make any sense to me. Mm, yeah. So he should have, you know, pulled the trigger at least. Like not just sit there and go, oh, I wonder what these guys are doing. Oh, look, they're shooting at me. I guess I should duck. I mean, it all happened pretty fast, right? They, those guys appeared in the window. They started shooting the zombies. Morgan realized what they were doing, tried to warn his companions. And then before he knew it, they were firing at him. So I wonder if he just didn't react fast enough. He reacted fast enough when it was, look, he was, you know, pointed a rifle at his wife. <laughs> well, that took him, right. a, it was a long time ago. That took him a, a lot of, uh, of heartache. And remember he didn't shoot her. Remember he was pointing oh, out the I window know. and he couldn't do it. So maybe this is the same thing. Maybe he's the wrong guy for this job. Maybe he needs to be within stick range. If he's anything beyond stick range, he freezes up. <laughs> Actually, that's, you're absolutely right. He, no hesitation with the stick, but he can't pull the trigger with a rifle. Huh. Yeah. He's the wrong guy for this job. I think he obviously. might be. Yeah. All right. All right. Where, where the hell are we now? I'm getting lost. Oh, Andrea on the internet. Can you guys please ag- address the sheer stupidity of the peace narrative the show is hitting us over the head with? If Rick and company could be friends with Negan and company, they wouldn't be at war in the first place. It's not like Rick started the war for the fun of it. It was in reaction to Negan and his evil policies. You can't all of a sudden think you can stop killing these people and start singing Kumbaya. Why the, uh, why are they building, uh, building in this let's all be friends stuff? All of the saviors need to die. You know, I can see that attitude, um, but us like peacenik Canadians, <laughs> you know, we, we tend to, uh, see or go out of our way to, to create peace. So part of me thinks there must be a way to reason with people, or there must be a way to somehow integrate them, um, without actually killing everybody. Carl seems to see it. He's like, you can't just always kill everybody. There has to be another way. Now, to be fair, maybe it is too late in the Negan situation, right? They're, they're already at war, but the next group of people they meet, do they really have to kill everyone and go to war with them? Maybe there's a way to, to, uh, work with these people, even if they feel hostile at first. Well, 
Yes and no. I think they, in 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 a way, the, both of the sides, both Negan and Rick and the gang, are working towards peace with extreme prejudice. Like they're Negan wants peace, but the way he gets peace is by killing people. Yes. Negan wants to kill as few people as possible in order to get peace, but he's still willing to kill people in order to get peace. Rick, on the other hand, uh, they're like, well, we got to kill them all because, well, not all. We're going to offer them peace. When they, when he went to uh, their right. front doorstep and didn't shoot Negan, yep. uh, he offered them peace, but uh, they refused it. So now it's all at war. We have to, uh, we have to kill them all in order to obtain peace. I don't think that it's at a point, I don't think anybody can go, Hey, you know what? We should all just be friends and, uh, not shoot each other. Can we just not shoot each other and be you know, yell for a little while, maybe swear at each other for a half hour or so and get it out of our system yep. and then uh, not actually kill each other. And then we can all eat turnips because there's lots of turnips. Sure. And, and let me be clear. I do think that it's too late in this situation. Now at this point, there's no going back, right? Too many deaths on both sides and just too much animosity already built up. Um, but in the future, I think in different situations, there's got to be a way to encounter new people and not immediately start fighting them and killing them. Yeah. And in my experience, it's not really. No, every uh, time you meet I mean, someone. I mean, new people all the time, but usually I don't like them. No, you don't murder them though. <sighs> usually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I think about it all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have, I think I have uh, a big sign in the front of my car that says, please cut me off. I'm pretty sure that that's, uh, that's out there that I, I just, I can't see it every time. Maybe my license plate says cut me off because lately people have been cutting me off a lot. Maybe you don't like them. Maybe your car's invisible and only you can see it. Like Wonder Woman. Yeah. The man. See? <laughs> Wonder person. <laughs> no, it's used to have to keep the brand. Oh. Wonder Woman, the man. <laughs> Wonder Woman colon the man. <laughs> that's weird. I understand the sentiment, but that sounds weird. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, yes, I've met people recently. <laughs> I've encountered people that uh, I do want to murder, uh, but I generally don't. Right. You keep it locked inside and you don't enact your rage fantasies. <laughs> that's yes. good. That's good. Somewhat. All right. Uh, Michael in Ozark, Missouri writes... I feel the show's ratings are going down because they have become somewhat boring and predictable with the story. Anytime an important character meets their doom, it seems to be after that character gets an episode or two telling some kind of story about them being a hero. No surprises anymore. No shock to the viewer. When this series first started, people would die unexpectedly and you wouldn't see it coming. Watching Sophia come out of that barn was so shocking to me. When Dale got chomped out of the blue, wow, didn't see that coming and no pre-story to lead up to it. In this world, people don't always get a proper send-off. Sometimes mistakes happen and people die. Bring back those shocking moments, and ratings will come back. So we kind of already talked about this. This is what I was mentioning earlier, that we, we need these, these unexpected deaths to happen occasionally, and uh, they don't really do that on the show that much anymore, certainly not with any characters of significance. Dr. Denise would be the only one. Um, and uh, Michael is just saying that that's what the problem with the show is right now and why people are dropping off as viewers because it just isn't surprising us like it used to. 
I think there's a whole host of reasons why the uh, the ratings are going down. Well, some good, some bad. Yeah, uh, some obvious, some not so obvious, probably. Yeah, and uh, I think that the uh, the writing and the show um, has been a bit up and down. So I think that is a contributing factor. People say, well, you know, I watched this show. It used to be really good, but now it's not so good. I mean, there are good moments, but I think uh, some people are saying, yeah, there's not enough good moments to continue watching the show. Mm. That's one reason. And I think that uh, if they had consistent good storytelling without resulting to bullshit, then uh, maybe the ratings have come back up. Well, we have... Um, obviously the rest of this season to, to watch, and, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And then we have a new showrunner taking over in season nine, which means all bets are off and who knows what's going to happen at that point. So I am really, really looking forward to, uh, getting to season nine. And I'm not saying that cause I want to skip over the rest of season eight. I do think the rest of this story is going to be important and I'm hoping it's going to be awesome. Um, but season nine, just with all of the potential behind the scenes changes, you know, it could go, could go anywhere. And I'm really excited to see where that goes. Me too. Right. And hopefully we get a string of really amazing episodes in season nine and it brings some of those viewers back who may have dropped off. I'm, uh, I'm of the opinion that everything from this point forward, everything is going to be coming up Millhouse. Sweet, man. That's exactly what you want. Coming up Millhouse. All right, we have a last email here, and uh, Chris has wrote a note here that uh, Dan sent this in before the episode, and he thought it was funny. Dan in Durant, Iowa. Dan in Durant, Iowa. So he writes, if Carl lives, I will rage quit the show. There is no coming back from that. There is. It's not just jumping the shark. It's jumping the shark, finding out the shark never had any teeth in the first place, and then inviting it out for a beer, making friends with it, and going in together on a timeshare. <laughs> right. That is the most extreme version of jumping the shark. And uh, Dan says, if Carl lives, that's how he's going to feel. So yeah. we now and know that Carl did not live. And so Dan, you're good. Okay. Don't make friends with a shark. I don't care if the shark doesn't have any teeth. Sharks grow new teeth all the time. So if you go in with a timeshare on a shark that doesn't have any teeth, eventually it's going to grow some teeth. And then either it's going to eat you or it's going to leave and go eat something else. And you're stuck with that timeshare, paying for that timeshare all by yourself. Because sharks are unreliable. Yeah, but if, if, if it eats you, then it's got to pay for the timeshare all by itself. Ah, I don't think it's going to. Sharks aren't that yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah, you try and, when you get into going to a timeshare, you have to sign contracts, right? I assume. Right. Like, don't eat your partner. Yeah. Sharks just have fins. They don't have, they can't sign anything. <laughs> Crap, man. Do sharks grow teeth even when they don't need them or do they just grow new teeth if one gets They just, out? it's like a friggin', uh, it's, it's a machine. They always like, when they open up their mouths, you see multiple rows of teeth. That's because new teeth are always moving forward because they break their fucking teeth on, they eat anything. Like they'll eat whatever's in front of them, right? And they'll break the teeth and they'll come off and they'll pop out and they just, they're like disposable teeth and they just keep growing new ones. Man, I wish my teeth would regrow. Freaking teeth. Why, are they all worn down to nubs? Yep. From chewing on tables? Yeah. What I, you, I what just, do you eat? I chew on too many tables and stuff like that. <laughs> teeth are pretty hard, man. You shouldn't be eating stuff that's harder than your teeth. Yeah. Well, my problem is the nighttime teeth grinding and I don't oh, like- Oh, you eat stuff that is exactly as hard as other teeth. Right. You're chewing on your own teeth. I know. 
and and my dentist wants me to this is not important she wants me to wear a <laughs> night guard but i don't want to so i don't and i'm an idiot so that's it yeah just stick a sandwich in your mouth before you go to bed eat that <laughs> here don't use a night guard use some bologna yeah exactly <laughs> what could exactly. go wrong uh all right thank you everyone for writing in your feedback uh i felt a weird vibe through this episode it was just there was something going on of the podcast i mean there's something going on here a lot of baloney talk well there was then limes we talked about limes and limes exactly so baloney and sandwiches because we did started off by talking about uh, the sandwich structure of the show but you thought it was more of a three-course meal structure of the show Either way, it was uh, more tangents than usual, I think. So, uh, well, having a weird day. Well done. Probably be a factor. All right. Well, I'm sorry you have to continue with your day job now, seeing as it's uh, almost 10 at night. Um, But uh, that's too bad. So let's let Jason get back to work, everyone. Uh, We will be back uh, on Monday next week, of course, to talk about episode number 10. And, uh, but if you want to send us some comments in the meantime, you can do that by emailing talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Visit the website, talkingdeadpodcast.com to find all of our episodes. And you can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the talking dead, or find us on Twitter at talking dead. Remember, please, to enter our Season 8 Record Your Favorite Scene contest. Uh, Pick a scene from any season of The Walking Dead. Record it by yourself or with your friends or your family. It doesn't have to be a long scene or the recording quality doesn't have to be amazing. It's just sort of your take on something from the show. And uh, email those entries in as MP3 files or or whatever kind of audio file to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com and be entered for a chance to win our great big awesome prize pack. And I mentioned it uh, last month, but there are a lot less entries this time than uh, than usual. So if you get one in, your chances of winning, the odds are just much better than usual. So uh, mm-hmm. fire those into us and uh, we'll play some on the show going forward if we can. All right. Like I said, we'll be back on Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Until then, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao. All right, before we end, Jason, I finished my uh, Tim Hortons roll up the rim while we were, yep. uh, or my Tim Hortons tea while we were uh, recording. I'm going to roll. Anyway, first of all, it was actually tea. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got a tea this time. I didn't order okay. a tea and get a coffee like happens 50% of the time. Freaking Tim Hortons. Uh, Do you get a steep tea or like, does there tea bags? No, steep, just... steep tea. Okay, because if you order something with a tea bag, you got the tea bag tab sticking out right you can tell right away whether it's a fucking tea or not correct i just order the steep tea i see that's your problem yeah but it's i mean it's i don't like the specialty teas as much i have ordered them before but the steep tea is just easier anyways i'm gonna roll up the rim here live oh live on the internet yeah and i'm we're gonna see if i win so you know people outside canada probably don't know what the hell i'm talking about i don't know if tim hortons in the states does roll up the rim probably not uh, but it's a contest where you finish your, your coffee or your drink from this, uh, Tim Hortons, which is like a donut shop here in Canada and the rim, there's a, there's, you, you roll it up and there's, you might win a prize like a Honda Civic or $5,000 or a donut. <laughs> so here we go. I'm going to roll up the rim. Do you think I'm going to win? No. Can you, can you hear the rolling happening? I can hear the rolling happening. 
Dun, da, da, da. Please play again. I didn't yep, win. You did not win. That's un, that's uh, anticlimactic. Fun stuff. So what the hell? What what do you use limes for? Well, I don't know. <laughs> we use I put do them in do... water to make lime water, like nice icy lime water, which uh-huh. is which tastes good. Um, we do use them in the occasional cocktail, which is what a Moscow Mule is. It's a really good cocktail. They're very popular yeah. these days too. Oh, okay. But seeing as you don't get out of your house, I understand you don't know that. <laughs> well, they, they, I can drink cocktails in my house. I just, I don't know what a Moscow Mule is. So it's, um, basically vodka, lime juice, and, Forget it. and ginger beer. I, so, and I then you- I, I hate vodka. Well, I know. I, but, I hate everything <clears throat> alcohol related generally. I well, can drink a beer every now and again. Sure. Uh, no, the, the, the vodka, I mean, the ginger beer, you probably don't like either because it's a very strong ginger taste, right? I like ginger. Well, there's a big difference between ginger ale and ginger beer. No, I know. <clears throat> Jenny makes me drink this fucking ginger evil crap when, uh, when I have a cold. Right. It's just like. Ugh. Well, if, if. You, well, that's not really a meaning I like ginger. No. I guess. Ginger beer and lime juice and vodka is a Moscow mule. And then they serve it in these copper cups, right? That's how they do it. And with a bunch of ice and it's good. I really like it. So sometimes we make our own and we do limes. Do you buy lemons? Yeah, we have the copper cups. Nice. You buy lemons? Yeah. Every now and again. Yeah. I mean. Because you make lemon chicken or. Right. You know, you can bake with lemons or cook with lemons. Yeah. Limes, no. Well, I just eat limes by themselves sometimes because citrus fruit is delicious. That's I eat lemons by themselves too. Weird. Yeah. Do you buy other fruit like oranges, bananas, apples? Yeah, all the time. Okay, good. Fruit's important. Fruit's important. It's just not limes. I don't know. Right? I, I love limes. Anything lime flavor, I will buy. Lime water. So you're not in any kind of danger of getting scurvy, I guess. No, I hope not. I, I think I get my fill of vitamin C. And vodka. <laughs> and vodka. 